Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power. Joining you again for episode 23 is my co-host, Sean Bennett. This man goes from coast to coast, watching things like like a hawk. And I'm telling you, it's impressive. So he is back again. I got him back. I, I pulled his, his string, got him back into the studio tonight, and I feel very lucky. Sean, how was, uh, how was the day? It's, I have to admit, it's been pretty good. My grandpa, who I don't get to see very often, is in town. <laughs> I have to admit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. <laughs> good. I I'm, to... glad it, I'm glad you're admitting it was good. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, John, for picking that apart. Master disaster over here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty good. My grandpa, I don't only get to see, has been in town staying with us for uh, the last four or five days. And it's just been really cool to sit and talk with him because we don't talk that much, which is kind of sad, but we both just have really busy lives. But when he comes in, he has a 37 foot RV and he's towing like a 30 foot trailer right now. Uh, it's, he travels coast to coast in his mother home, just living the, the retired life. And it sounds really fun, but we don't get to talk all that often. So talking with him and hanging out with him has been really, really fun. So I've been having a good few days. Your heart is full. It is. My heart is full. That's, that's the best. Yeah. We actually just returned from the great state of San Diego. (laughs) It's San Diego. It's it's not a state. It's a city in California, which is a state, but uh, we were there. Um, I'm I'm sure there's those, those listeners that are going to just, they're going to pick me apart. Like, this guy thinks San Diego is a state. <laughs> what is he doing? What is he doing? Um, but yeah, same same type of thing. It was great to see the family. Uh, got to go on a little adventure uh, over on on Saturday, which was... Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh, well, you know how we do. I've been hinting at it for, uh, for the last couple episodes. It's the, it's the annual... Uh, crazy ride that John does every year. Um, so I, I, this year I was shooting for 120. I didn't get one 120 miles. I got 118, Ugh. which is close enough. You know what? It rounds up. Um, but yeah, it, it went well, man. I actually started. It was I did a riding I've never done before. Okay. How uh, so? Well, I did. So I've never actually ridden from Rancho Bernardo which is where my, uh, oh. my parents live down to the, I, I went all the way down to the South to point Loma. So I pretty much went as far as you could go South and I've never done that route before. So that was completely new because yeah, you normally stay along the coast, right? Yeah. Well, and I've always lived in San Diego, like East County or mm-hmm. North park university. Yeah. I'm a very trendy person, Sean. So <laughs> Uh, as long as there's coffee close by <laughs> until we moved to lemon grove and then i became a regular old suburban man with a family but uh yeah so then from there i went up the coast um from ocean beach all the way up to oceanside port to port wow and by 11 o'clock I was at, so I started at six and by 11, I was at 70 miles. So I felt pretty good about that. That was like, that was cranking, um, beautiful day. And yeah, I mean, just a lot of fun. And then the rest of the afternoon, just kind of 
turned into a casual ride back, which for me was the perfect, uh, the people that I ride with and met up with in Oceanside are they're, they're older. And so it just, it becomes more of a relaxed, not so sweaty Mm -hmm. me just all, all out guns blazing up the coast. Um, so it's, it's kind of perfect for me because I can be way too intense. Go figure. (laughs) No, (laughs) not you, not me, Sean. You don't, you don't know me. You you don't know me at all. Uh, yeah, I'm actually quite intense and yeah. So it's been a good mental change. Like I, I constantly need to, I do have to remind myself. I'm one of those people. I do have to remind myself in the midst of being an athlete that it's okay to also cruise mm-hmm. and just you know slow down as much as it's sometimes it pains you it's good for your i don't know i you know it's like a stress it's it's like a stress and release thing i think and i'm not sure on the mental because one of these days i just need to go i'm gonna go just all out and see it <laughs> as far as i can go in eight hours because okay. i was on the bike for eight hours if I was on the bike for eight hours, I think I could do 200 miles. Wow. I'm pretty sure it'd be close. And that's kind of the ultimate, the dream goal, if we're talking about dreams associated with this hobby for me, is I want to be able to do like a super crazy 200-mile ride in a day. Now, uh, when, you're, when you're riding, do you know how far you've gone or you don't know how far you've gone until you check your app or you get no, home. I, I do. I, I, okay. I have a odometer on my, okay. Okay. So you bike. know, you know, live how far you've gone. Yeah. I know live. And then okay. I have Strava and then I have a watch. So I have like triple the <laughs> triple the data. <laughs> what an engineer. <laughs> yeah. It's getting a little ridiculous. So, but I actually, as much as an, of an engineer and triple the data I am, I am not as sophisticated as some people. Like I don't have the power meter. Mm-hmm. I don't have the heart rate meter. I don't, I really don't care about all of the, cause I think in my mind that takes a little bit of the purity out of the, out of the process, yeah. which is just, and you're focusing too much on it. Yeah. Like, how do I feel I, like, you know, that's normally how I start things up. Like even today on my ride home, it took me a solid five to 10 minutes to just get in, get in, like get the work funk off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel that way sometimes, but man, yep, yep. That that's one of the good things that I have. Kind of a longer commute it took me almost an hour to get home today. Uh, it's it it does suck, but it allows a cleansing period before I get home and see anybody else. I don't take any work stress or anything home with me. Yeah, that's uh, it's so important, and that's really why I started implementing the the daily commute as well. Cause it just, it's a lot to come home to two screaming kids and mm-hmm. having to do normal things and beyond. So yeah, I, I think that's a huge thing for me. And anyway, the, the takeaway from the ride was it was great. I, I achieved a goal. I, I was, over, it's the longest ride I've ever done. So I, I stepped up another 18 miles. I think last year I did 100 and something like it was like 105. So, you know, added, added about 13 more miles to the, to the clock. Uh, and I'll just keep pushing. You know, I felt good talking about, uh, good nutrition. Hint, 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 hint. (laughs) Yeah. And that brings us to 
the part of the show when we talk about everything we love to tell you about. And Sean is always on it with it. Uh, it's our social media. Don't laugh, listeners. We have an Instagram, all right? At How To Hobby Podcast. Give us a link. Give us a follow. Um, follow us on Spotify for the most up-to-date How To Hobby Podcast information. And also, one thing we haven't talked about, if you could give us a rating, if you like what you're hearing, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or wherever you're hearing the podcast, because we are, we're, we're enjoying this process and we're going to keep doing it. But in, in, unless we, we're having to take steps to get to the next level and we're going to keep performing at another level, putting the miles back on, but we need you guys to rate and give us an idea of how we're doing. So we're always looking for feedback. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we do have a website as well. It's howtohobbypodcast.com. And that's the best place to see all of our information. You've got our bios. You've got our, our things we love. Sean's dog pictures, his tattoo that he might be dedicating an entire section to. I don't know. Is that, that's in the works, right, Sean? It's actually done. It's actually it is. Done. Yep. Oh my goodness. Okay, good. I need to go on this. I need to go on our website tonight. Um, but without further ado, that's enough with this social media website realm. We hope you enjoy it. Also, send us questions or interact with us. We want to hear your thoughts. That's probably the most important thing right now for us is we want to hear what you guys think of the show. So let us know. But we're going to dive into tonight's topic. It's a big one. It's one we haven't even dove into yet before, which is exciting for both Sean and I. We, whenever we get to breach new content, it, it, we just get this, this giddy joy. I mean, you should have seen Sean right before this episode. He was bouncing up and down. And this is a big one, Sean. Nutrition. Yes. Yes. I, still something I'm shocked that we haven't talked about yet. We've... We've touched on it in the episodes where we've talked about cooking and a lot of the, the, the practices that you and I have for why we cook and what we cook, but we haven't specifically broken down our nutritional journeys and how we've come to where we are today with how we lead our food lives. That's right. So we're going to cover everything from diets, what is potentially going on out there in the world of nutrition, which there's so much all the time. So we're going to break that down for you. We're going to talk about some of the things we eat every single day, which is always exciting. So stick around and we hope you enjoy the ride. Sean, how did your journey with nutrition begin? My journey, I kind of had a rough one growing up. So my parents never really understood and they still struggle to this day. And, and I know they're listening and I, I, Sorry, mom and dad, but our our nutritional uh, staples growing up were on every dinner plate we had one starch, one vegetable, and one protein. And it so you had our plates were almost like segregated in thirds. And while it meant that I did grow up eating veggies and I did grow up eating you know the proteins and the starches, it didn't teach me why we were trying to do that. And then we, we struggled with his portion size because there's no matter how much like trying to make it healthy you can, if you're eating three to four times the amount of food you should be eating, 
it's never going to work nutrition wise. You're just in taking too many calories. And that's why I grew up and I still struggle to this day with obesity and my parents are diabetics and, you know, I didn't grow up in a very healthy household. So lifelong struggle for me and I'll be struggling forever with this. And so that, that was my beginning with nutrition was watching my mom struggle to try and lose weight, go through these fad diets that never really worked. She tried South Beach. She tried <laughs> everything under the sun she had tried growing up. Uh, and they would all work briefly. And then she would lose a couple of pounds. Then she would kind of get over the, the intensity of whatever the diet was. Then she'd go back to eating what she was before. And then she'd gain the weight back. And so it was this continual journey of trying to go through this cycle that I didn't really start learning how to break until I was an adult. So I spent most of my life just eating a lot. I played a lot of really intense sports. And so I was luckily burning calories. But then what would happen is in the off season, I would continue eating that many calories and then I would get heavy. And then so hard, man, football would start or, or lacrosse, whatever it was, I'd lose a little bit of weight off season, gain a bunch of weight. So I've had a really rocky journey uh, back and forth. What about you? Oh man. Well, first and foremost, thanks for being so transparent here on the podcast. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's always inspiring to hear your story and, and hear, you know, more about your upbringing as always. So I appreciate that. And I think, you know, this is not scripted listeners. We are, we do not come in here knowing what each other are going to say. So it's, it's always interesting to learn from Sean and I just appreciate you as a person, Sean. So, uh, well, for me, I mean, it's kind of as per the usual, it's kind of like the opposite in, in a lot of ways from what you experienced, I grew up in a, in a family where it was so stringent about, well, my mom was just, she was a, a healthy, she was a physical therapist. So healthy and new and healthy, nutritious food was kind of a part of who she was already as a person before even having kids. And so when you are that into fitness, which again, I, dedicate so much to my mom and dad for instilling in me a passion for fitness. I mean, that's huge. And I want to do the same thing for my kids. And I wish that for every dad and parent out there and try and instill, whether you're not, you're fitness oriented, try and instill a passion for fitness in your children. Um, live by example. It's, it's very healthy and it, it does transfer. Um, so a lot, I mean, I was unhealthy very, it was like, I was fighting to be unhealthy in a <laughs> world that wasn't going to allow me to be unhealthy. I mean, I literally mm -hmm. would eat. I was one of those people where I would just, I was so picky, Sean, that I wouldn't eat anything other than rich crackers and cheese for dinner, wow. like a block wow. of cheese. I mean, I, you had was, to stress your parents out so much. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, man. I don't, well, my dad, he was in the military, so it wasn't, home a lot to be mm. a part of the kind of the craziness. But yeah, I, I had some bad food experiences and I'm sure later on, as we continue to dive into each other's lives and history here in the, in how we interact with nutrition, this is not going to be just a one, one and done. I mean, this is going to probably continue to be a, a ongoing theme in our show, but for, for me, it was, wow, what am I doing? I mean, I'm eating I had negative food experiences that kind of led me to fear food and eating good food. And that's mm. really what I, like, I had anxiety about eating 
things that were healthy because of how I may react. Like, mm-hmm. a- anyway, I think this is pretty common. I don't really know. I've never opened up necessarily on the airwaves uh, <laughs> about this, but it's a new experience for me. So I was a very skinny person. I have, uh, I guess, the skinny man story where I, that my genetically, even while eating Ritz crackers and cheese most of the time, because I was super active, I would, I just stayed very skinny. Now, the thing that's interesting and what I, for a long time, even into adulthood was always struggling with was the fact that as a skinny person, you are actually, or somebody who has a propensity to be skinny, you're always trying to prove that it's not because you're not trying to eat. Mm -hmm. And I never, that took me so long to figure out, oh, I'm actually trying to prove to people that I can eat whatever I want. But then it like backfires because not only are you still skinny, but you feel terrible because it doesn't matter whether you're skinny or, you know, huskier or overweight food has the power to make you feel good or bad. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I went, I mean, during high school, I would go like, I'd eat. I remember one time I ate Taco Bell two weeks in a row (laughs) and I got sick, like physically ill Mm -hmm. from doing that to myself, which I think most people do. I am people have done this. Um, (laughs) it was really good until it was really bad, Sean. Yeah. I had my best friend growing up had a metabolism higher than anyone I'd ever met. And he was always struggling with trying to prove to people that he wasn't choosing to be that skinny. He just legitimately couldn't gain weight, no matter how much he ate, he couldn't put the weight on. And he struggled with that till we were in our twenties. Yeah, no, that's, that's like pretty much in line with, I think around maybe 18, 19 is when I started to thankfully around high school, when I started having to date girls, I started, mm-hmm. uh, not being picky. Cause I was like, Oh dude, I can't like go to, I can't go to what's her name's, uh, house and, and not get and just eat wrist crackers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. The green beans are going to come around. I'm going to have to eat them and act like I like them. So anyway, that actually, thank you, uh, op- to the opposite sex for inspiring me to come out of my comfort zone. I'm Oh yeah. I love this. This is amazing. I don't know. It's kind of a funny, it's funny what you do and what peer pressure will make you Mm -hmm. do in life um, and how much that affects you. I started eating sushi because my friends like going out and I had a lot of friends in high school that were older than me. So to be, you know, I wanted to stay the young, cool Mm -hmm. kid, right. Or otherwise I wouldn't be invited around anymore. So I just started everything that could make me less of an impactful person. Uh, like, you know, carrying a bag, a bag of Ritz crackers and some cheese around is not going to go very far. (laughs) Uh, So from there, it is now something where I'm, there's a new stage that I've fallen into. And that is the, ever since I started having children, there's a new stage that gets new stereotype that gets put upon you. So, and that is the dad bod stereotype. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it just happens, right? You're, you're going to have kids and then your wife is 
bearing a child. So there's the comments that just come out in the circles about, yep. oh, you're going to be, you're going to be putting on those pounds now. Get ready, John, this and that. And I was going like, ah, I don't know. I, we'll see. And so now I have this distaste towards any type of dad bod because I, I just don't think it, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It's about your nutritional choices and the exercise you're doing every single day and, yep. and not even every single day, but every week, right? It's not, it doesn't need to be a daily. Our bodies are absolutely amazing. So it could be a five minute thing you do three times a week and you'd still be good. But that's where I'm at right now as far as having a distaste for two stereotypes that really impacted and, and shaped who I am today. And now I'm more confident because of the, because of what I've gone through, but at the mm -hmm. same time, um, yeah, it took a lot to get there. And my siblings still laugh at me. Like I'm the, I'm the, the polio cheese guy, you know, it's, you can't let those things die completely. Nope. Nope. You can't. You got to remember your humble beginnings <laughs> from time right. to time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so what are some of the things, some of the resources that you're using in your own life to kind of move forward? Uh, you know, you, you have this background. I have a background. Um, but what, what are some of the ways that you've come up, come around and, and, and educated yourself? Cause I know you're a man that's always looking to educate. Uh, yeah. and I am too. And that's why we're here. We're, we're always passionate about sharing. So what yeah. have you been finding these days? So my, my journey started with podcasts. Uh, my, I was listening to a lot of podcasts on health and personal well-being, mental health, and a, a lot of things in that vein. And I was going through a transition period. This was maybe about three years ago, two to three years ago, I was going through a transition period of realizing I wasn't happy with the way that I had always looked at food. It was always more of I'm just going to emotionally eat. I'm going to eat because I'm bored. I'm going to do a lot of that stuff. I wasn't looking at food as nutrition. It was just a means to not be hungry. And I was kind of getting tired of that. So I started listening to podcasts and I first started this journey, hardcore journey with um, a man named Aubrey Marcus, who for anybody out there doesn't know, please look him up. He is an amazing, amazing man. And I found his book on the day or on your day, on your life. And that was a fantastic journey for me in reading that. It, it's not specifically about nutrition, but what it did is spark the interest in myself to be a better person. And nutrition is a really big key to that. And it plays into your physical health, your mental health, and just your well-being as a person. And so that was really where my journey kind of kicked off, was reading that book and really going, ah, I need to, I need to, to start looking into this more. And then I watched uh, Down to Earth with Zac Efron, which is one of the single greatest docuseries I've ever watched. I've watched it several times since. I recommend everyone watch it. Really? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so man, I, I did not see this one coming. Oh, man. <laughs> Down to Earth with Zac Efron and Darian Olean. And by listening to Darian Olean talk in that show, I one found his podcast and then I found his book called Super Life, The Five Simple Ooh. Fixes That Will Make You Healthy, Fit, and Eternally Awesome. And oh man, that's quite a that's quite a title. I mean, it's, it is quite awesome. a title. Eternally Ooh. awesome. When you listen to him talk, he's a very typical surfer from Southern California. 
but he has such knowledge of some of the craziest superfoods out there in the world that it's mind blowing listening to him talk in this podcast and reading his book. Uh, you can get oh, it on yeah. Amazon. It's, you know, 16, like $16. It's paperback. It's a fantastic read made me, I, I'll admit I kind of struggled with it because reading through it, I started feeling incredibly guilty for how I had been treating my body for most of my life. And it was actually kind of tough to read through the book the wow. first time I actually gave up about halfway through because I was facing some intense guilt. Mm. I dealt with that, stepped aside, worked on it, and then went back and read it again. And that's when I really got the true oh. gist of what he was, was looking at. But uh, that's, that's, yeah, it was fan It's a fantastic book. Um, very, very high level, not specifically talking about, you know, this is the recipe you should cook. But when you're learning about broccoli and you're learning about the, the sulforaphanes that are in there and you're learning about the chemicals that make you good and water and energy and light and everything it just makes you want to get up and just start tackling things and just you know putting a checklist and making yourself a better person so that that book then led me into wanting to get into cooking and so I moved. So, so, so give us a little time frame like I'm curious yeah, because, yeah you know yeah. we've been we've been establishing we started at the beginning here around, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, most of your life, you had this experience you described earlier in the mm -hmm. episode. Uh, but when did this journey, when did your journey, your journey begin with the Aubrey Marcus? Well, the podcast and what podcast was first? I'm curious. And then when did Aubrey Marcus come to the scene? When did he push in with his on it formula? And <laughs> For me, it's a good question. So it's it's been about four years since okay. I started down this path. So the first podcast I was listening to was actually the Black Rifle Coffee podcast. And that's where I met Aubrey Marcus. They interviewed him and had him on there talking about his journey, his life, his book. And I went, hmm, oh, let me go buy learn, his book. I learned really about like... <laughs> coffee first when it comes to nutrition. That's my yep. boy. Yep. And then, you know, listen to him talk. And I started some of the things he was saying clicked with me. And uh, I went and bought his book and then read that, worked my way through for the through the documentary, through Super Life. I would say over about maybe six to nine months kind of working through that stuff, steadily trying to implement some of the tools and the techniques that, that they were able to provide. And then it was, we'll go with late 2019 is when I started really getting into wanting to implement a lot of the things that I had started learning and start cooking better for myself and wanting to be healthier. So I started taking the cooking classes that I've talked about at Serla Tab. I started doing HelloFresh where they would deliver the ingredients. And I got really into cooking a lot of really different meals. I think I have over 130 different recipes now from HelloFresh that I was working my way through and cooking a lot of intentionally picking meals that were very different from what I grew up with. So I could learn how to cook different recipes and different styles, different meats. And then COVID hit and, you know, you have two paths. You can either order everything or you can cook everything. And I kind of did both. So we did a lot of ordering, but I also did a lot of cooking because you realize how much DoorDash costs or Grubhub or Uber Eats. And you realize how financially in like ridiculous that stuff can be. And I started cooking more. So that that's that was my journey. Um, was really starting to get into the more fitness, 
health aspect and then how can I use food to back that up? That's beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it was a long journey. It took over a year, I would say a year and a half for me to really get into it. And a lot of that has to do with my own mental issues that were kind mm. of standing in the way that I had to work through and work through some of the guilt and some of the self uh, shame for kind of putting my body through what I had for so many years. And I, and I still put through, I mean, I'm not perfect. I still put my body through things that I shouldn't, but that's life and that's <laughs> how things can be. But yeah, um, that was, that's kind of where uh, I am now. And I could talk for forever on this, but I kind of want to start with listening about how you moved into where you're at now coming from a completely different background for me that it's so interesting listening to it <laughs> i know we could we couldn't have planned it better if we tried uh and again you know thank you this has been such a fun just learning experience uh and being you know more intimate it's kind of a unique unique episode already i and i don't want to stop we'll, we'll continue to dive into the nutrition and and so we, I, you know, my goal is to continue to be able to use it as a conduit for, for us to share our experiences and hopefully inspire others. I mean, the goal for me, and I know for yourself is to share and provide value like we always do mm -hmm. in this forum, but additionally inspire people. I mean, this is, this should be something that we want you to listen to and think, oh, Sean's not perfect. Oh, John's not perfect. They sound cool on the podcast, or at least hopefully we sound pretty cool. Um, but believe it or not, we're not perfect. And we have these things that we're struggling with all the time to try and understand how our bodies function properly. And a lot of people, we, it's kind of a taboo thing. And I, it's just funny because I'm, I'm listening to you talk about this and I'm going, you know, I've never really heard Sean talk about this. And yet here we are. And it's wonderful. So yeah, I'll, I'll dive into sort of where I'm at now. And I think uh, a huge, so I, as I kind of said, I left off I, around 18, 19, going into college. I think I, I began to understand that I could eat other things and be okay. Once I was eating raw fish, raw fish for me was kind of like the gateway drug. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, once I'm, I, I got really into sushi and I love sushi to this day. I do it's like, too. It's like one of my, we need to get sushi. Come out to Chandler. Let's go to sushi. I got, I got this place. Happy hour. It's great. Um, That's awesome. Cause I was born and raised in Japan till I was five. So I actually learned how to use chopsticks before I learned how to use a fork. Perfect. So oh, I, man, dude, we should one I day, dude, we're, we're planning a Jap, a Japan trip and we're going to, you're going to show me the, you're going to show me the ropes. You just got to let me have my, uh, I'll bring my kids and my wife too. So. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you can bring, you can bring Kate with you. Um, so yeah, 2019, I'm kind of coming into school. Uh, well, at this point I was actually graduated and doing music and taking like a semester here or there. I went community college, you went state, mm -hmm. but from there it was kind of, you know, struggling through. I, I, didn't really have any, again, it was still as much as I was getting better with the idea that I could eat other things. I was still trying to prove that I wasn't a Skeletor. I mean, that was literally one of my names. One of my nicknames in wow. this group that I was a part of was I was Skeletor. And, and this was like a thread that went through my entire like high school and like just kept going mm -hmm. because I, you know, 
I'm part skeleton. I get it. <laughs> but um, I started to weight train. That was one thing that I did for a while. It's very hard for me to put on muscle just genetically. It's mm-hmm. difficult. So I worked my butt off. And then in a week, I lost it because I got sick. So mm-hmm. if that's short, like my body is kind of like this. It, it's crazy. I don't really understand. But I, if I put on muscle, I have to work very hard to do it. And then it takes the snap of a finger for me to lose it. And I'm back to being mm. nothing. So it's that for me was very humbling. That happened when I was dating my now wife. And she legitimately was like, what happened to you? And I was like, <laughs> you used to be ripped. I, <laughs> she still says it. She's like, what, remember when you used to have like big shoulders? And I'm like, yeah, that took a lot of hard work. And I was really, I was really pushing to get you to think I was good looking mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a humbling experience of thinking, okay. So at that point, my mind changed and I realized it's not about being the rip it, ripest, the buffest guy. It's more about making your body healthy. And that's when I completely pivoted to just trying to dive into how to make nutrition one cheap, mm-hmm. you know me, Sean, I mean, I'm yep. always preaching yep. value. So even, even in the most, I mean, my staples to this day, this is, it works for me and I don't know what to tell. There's going to be a, a camps on either side. I am a nutritionally efficient person. And, and that's what I'm really diving into now. And what I mean by that is I don't want to be only a fat eater. I don't want to be only a carb eater. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be only a meat eater. I want to train my body to be able to adapt to any nutritional necessity at that moment that I need it. So for instance, and this is like, they're doing this in UFC. They're doing this. Yep. If you are like, in our position, Sean, is being desk warriors. Um, we on the day-to-day should not be tapping into the carb stores all the time. It's just unhealthy because we're Mm -hmm. not burning it off. Our bodies don't need the excess carbs. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't eat a carb, which I do. I have a sandwich still every day for lunch, but I don't keep the bag of chips and the, all the, you know, it's right. Tactfully diving in. Also, I do work out still with my bike ride. You have your afternoon sweat. Um, You know, as long as you're doing those things to calibrate yourself, to balance yourself out, without going too crazy. I am not a calorie counter. I will never be in my life. It's just not who I need to be. Maybe some people, um, there are people out there that I'm sure get value out of that. And I'm not poo-pooing that way of looking at things. Um, But at least where I'm at, it's more, if I need to go to the mountains, I'm going to tap into carbs. If Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on a 120 mile bike ride, you better believe I'm going to start the metabolism up in the morning and keep yep. eating every mm-hmm. single, that is the only way to alleviate pain without yep. food. Your body starts to decay in, in those type of extreme circumstances. And I've realized the hard way, like I used to ride 60 miles and be in pain. I'm like, what, what the heck's going on? You want to know what it was? I didn't give myself enough nutrition. Mm-hmm. So it has been a process, right. Of, of dissecting this. And I'll link a podcast below that does talk about this, this sort of idea of stress when it comes to nutritional at work, 
a lot of times I will go a while without eating before like a first thing in the morning, because I just feel more just on it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't. And also it's just inconvenient to eat sometimes it is. And I don't like think of it like convenience versus inconvenience. It's more just like, I don't know. I don't feel like there's any wrong way. If, if back in the day, right. Our hunter gatherer ancestors had to go a couple days without having meat, you better believe that you can go a couple hours in the morning without having your first kill meal. Right. That's like yep. ready to go. <laughs> so what, what, what is your thought on that? Cause I'm curious about what you think about some of, some of those thoughts that I just put out there. I'm kind of getting, I mean, I'm definitely still in the learning process mm-hmm. and I want to hear what you think. Yeah. I think a lot of what you said is it's a lot of really good points. I think when it comes to the, it's kind of a buzzword with the intermittent fasting, the, the concept of delayed eating. I can't, there's a, the, there's actually a technical term for it. It's like delayed consumption or something. Delayed like that. gratification for your body. <laughs> that could be <laughs> um, like, it, it is actually good for the human body to have times in between eating. And that's something that I struggle with because I'm a breakfast eater. And so when I've tried doing intermittent fasting, my body rejects it really hard and I feel really nauseous and, and not good. And I try to push through it. And then sometimes I just came to a point where I was like, look, I have to put something in my body. So I do oatmeal in the morning, which is, I think a really good, very simple 100%. thing to hit your body with no sugar, just, you know, high fiber, just something to hit. Um, so I start with that, but I think it's, it's very interesting that, that everybody's body reacts differently. Oh, to different yeah. things like intermittent fasting. It just doesn't work for me. I've tried it several times in the last couple of years where I've really, I've watched a video or I've seen the guys who are like super ripped. You're like, yeah, all you gotta do is just don't eat breakfast. And, and <laughs> that's all you gotta do. You don't have to work out. You have to try, just don't eat breakfast and you'll be, you know, super, you'll have a six pack. And, uh, it just, it just never worked for me. And I found that my body just clicks, man. I know. <laughs> they, you know, they don't, they definitely don't eat breakfast ever, Sean. Let me just tell yeah, you, they they are, that's all they had to do. They just never eaten breakfast. And See, but, you just have a six and this, pack. This is what I, I didn't even want to throw it out there. Personally, I didn't even want to throw the buzzword out there because mm-hmm. this is the problem is it's a culture that is negatively impacting our minds. And I think when you really look at it and the research is there, the mindset is just as important as the nutritional choices. Mm-hmm. So if you feel good about eating a breakfast then eat your breakfast, man, if you feel good about like in, in my, the way I look at food and nutrition, and I, I think it is healthy because I feel, I feel well about it. I feel excited to eat a meal. I feel excited to drink a cup of coffee. I feel excited to drink a beer from time to time. You know, these are things that I'm looking to interact with in moderation and enjoy and not let it be because at the end of the day, and this is, I think probably the best way that I've heard it put is eat a lot of things, mostly green. Mm-hmm. And that was a saying I heard, uh, from, I, it was like recent, but realistically, like if you just eat a lot of naturally derived ingredients, and I'm sure this super life guy yep. was talking all about this, but nuts, uh, you know, fruit, vegetables, if you're, if 80% of your daily choices are revolving around those things, dude, it doesn't matter whether you're intermittent fasting or 
it, it, like you naturally fast when you sleep. Mm-hmm. So as yep. long as you're shutting off the, the, the comms around, even at the worst, like eight, nine o'clock, you're still getting a good amount of time. I mean, nine to nine, it's 12 hours. You're good. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a decent fasting time. And nine o'clock is, that's kind of like still breakfast time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would agree. I, I definitely agree. And I think there are so many paths that you can go down and I highly recommend any listeners who there's a starting to kind of pique your interest or, you know, you're kind of like, okay, this might be something that I should look into. There's so many different things. There's gut microbiome research you can look into. There's how different kinds of fasting or make sure you don't eat within three hours of bed. You'll get better sleep, the amount of carbs, the glucose, your glucose, um, uh, it's not resilience, but how you react to sugars. Um, there's so much out there. I recommend the wild health podcast. They talk about a lot of this stuff. Uh, it's the podcast that made me get my aura ring that I've been helping track my sleep and my heart rate. Uh, uh, Sean, they, you did not even tell me that you're, <laughs> you're a wild health aura ring owner. Now I, I didn't did, know that I did. I know I hadn't gotten there. I hadn't gotten to oh! the, the wearable devices yet, the um, wearable devices, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's so many nuances to this. And I think that's why John and I really plan on diving into this in multiple episodes because there's almost just too much to capture in you know yeah, even this, two like there's this so is many the carpet things. bomb yeah yeah this is the carpet bomb and we haven't even talked about some some of the cookbooks we've read or some of the recipes we've tried there are so many things out there and I just want to say this to put it out there for all of the the listeners out there who are struggling with either feeling like they're obese feeling like they're too skinny there's no right path you just kind of have to figure out what's right for you and your body and if that takes six months or that takes six years it's about starting the journey and just moving towards an end goal i still struggle i mean i've been doing this for four years now i still struggle being overweight i still struggle with self-control and eating the sugars and the candy bars and everything there but i recognize that it's a struggle and that i can accept that i have my flaws and i will work through them so it's a daunting, daunting task to try and, and go down this path, but it's definitely well worth it. Dude, and thank you again for, for just being so inspiring and transparent with your own health journey that isn't perfect. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So yeah, we'll, we'll link to the podcast that Sean kind of mentioned uh, below. Sean, I do have one question for you. Yeah. Have you had a Baruka nut? I have not actually had a Baruka nut. I've considered ordering them, but I have not had one. That's it. We are ordering some Baruka nuts and we're going to try them on the podcast and we're going to do, and we're going to do a little, it'll be like the start of an episode, get the bag and we'll see what we think. Cause I'm intrigued. It looks weird. It does. It looks weird, but it's supposed to be one of the healthiest superfoods out there in such a tiny package. According to Darren or Olean, it is the superfood of mm-hmm. of the world, and that's all he eats. That's I heard. I I've heard him talk. It's all he eats. Sean, do you supplement? I do. Um, I've experimented with different things. On it has a lot of really cool supplements that I've tried. Some of them have worked really well. Some of them haven't. Um, I won't get into details, but my body sometimes doesn't react well to some of the supplements out there, but my staple 
is I take fish oil and I take a daily vitamin. That's at an absolute minimum that I do every day. Yeah. What I I was just listening to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she is a, uh, she is a nutritionist. Um, absolutely a micro nutritionist for health and longevity. She just did an episode on the human lab. You can listen to that one. She's been on Joe Rogan experience at least two or three times, but she is all about healthy omega-3 acids, fatty acids. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, from all of her research, it's quite clear. I'm not doing the fish oil right now, but I need to. And I'm going to start implementing that into my routine. I do pretty well, but uh, mainly I just do a a vitamin D3. Um, That's kind of something I I start. But hey, let's kind of close the show out. We're going to go through something fun here. And we're going to talk about our daily staples or we'll, we'll, we'll say our pantry staples. So things we're picking up every single week at the grocery store to use to bring us, I mean, happiness, right, Sean? At the end of the day, oh, yeah. this is oh, not yeah. about sitting here and telling a sob story about our upbringing and, and we love you, mom and dad. That's for sure. We love you and we thank you for everything you did in our lives. It doesn't go on, on deaf ears here, how much you guys mean to us. But some of the things we're eating every single week bring us happiness and, and joy, right? So walk me through something or some of the key ingredients to happiness in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got three big ones that I don't think that I could go without. I think I would really struggle in what I eat on a normal basis that I would, I would not do well. Um, For me, the first one is rice. I, I love rice, especially growing up in a home where we, I came from, uh, you know, uh, living in Japan where everything was sushi, everything was rice-based. Yes. My parents love rice. And so we ate a lot of jasmine rice growing up. We still eat a lot of jasmine rice. I would say anytime I'm doing dinner with a family, nine times out of 10, there's going to be some sort of rice component to it. It's just how, how we were raised. But recently I decided to embark down the path of wild rice. And I listened to... Uh, a couple of podcasts, meaning the Wild Fed podcast, and they talk about one of their sponsors is the Wild Food Warehouse, which actually makes this wild rice, which is harvested in, let me read the back of it, it's harvested in northern Minnesota um, by the indigenous people out there. And they actually hand harvest this on patches in these pond forests. And it's the craziest, nuttiest flavor and it's so packed with nutrients that you you won't go back to any normal rice after you've had this. It's a lot harder to cook. You have to do a lot more soak time and it takes a lot longer to cook, but it's definitely worth it. So for me, I could not go without a rice of some sort. So Wild Food Warehouse, definitely check them out. Um, so what is, the, what is this rice called? It's just called Wild Rice? Yeah, it's just the Wild Food Warehouse, Wild Rice. It's one of the main things that they sell. Uh, and it's it's gluten free and it is a fantastic tasting rice. Very nutty, kind of almondy almost. Um, just is it the it, hand harvested wild rice? Yep, it's a hand harvested wild rice. So you oh, can buy man, it in like one pound. Out. Oh, okay. We'll have to make sure that they keep it. I'll come back and make sure that they have it in stock. Yeah, when it when it returns, we're going to uh, 
we are gonna we're gonna plug this yes because yeah. we totally get royalties not <laughs> not <laughs> all yeah, right i would i would definitely recommend that okay so moving on the other one of the other things that i cannot live without is good water and for me good water is ro water so the water in california is not great tap water is not great um, i would i would argue have... to say it's it's actually quite terrible it's, it's not even <laughs> it's not great, it's, not great. It's, it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad and so uh, I grew up on water bottles and water bottles are good, but it creates so much plastic waste that I was just like, I can't do this. And I don't have the room to have a jug of water. You know, you order it, they come and pick it up. And so I actually installed an RO system into the tap. And so it's in the sink. It has a little RO filter. RO for there. life, baby. RO for life. And it's, it's kind of an expensive upfront cost. So prepare yourself for that and the maintenance can get kind of pricey too but it is the best tasting water that i have really ever had and it's practically unlimited water it is so good i could not get by without the ro water now it becomes so dependent on it well and when you do the uh, let me just throw this out there when you do the cost benefit analysis which i have mm -hmm. it far out it pays for itself like within a couple of months and then you're just way outweighing way outweighing the cost of water bottles and, and even uh, a water, uh, even, even I ran the numbers. If you were to have a, a couple five gallons and you went to the, to the little like water store mm -hmm. and put in your coins, it's still cheaper than that. Yep. Yeah. I, I absolutely love our water. So I couldn't, couldn't get by without that. And then my last staple of every, I have to have my pantry is peanut butter. Uh, I oh. could not survive without peanut butter. I, I, shout out to anybody who might have a peanut allergy out there it's i don't know how you do it because i could not go a week without peanut butter i put it in everything Poor I put Lloyd. In my oatmeal i know <laughs> i put it in my oatmeal i put it in everything i possibly can i've put it on top of an omelet um scrambled eggs like there's just there's not many things i won't eat with peanut butter so um interesting yeah, okay uh, let me just throw this in there I'm, I'm curious how often do you eat rice a week and how often do you eat peanut butter a week I would say rice probably about twice a week. And then usually with dinner, um, you can make some really good fried rice too, or at least I can. Uh, and then I would say peanut butter is probably three to four times a week. I have it a lot with my breakfast. And then it's really good with bananas and, and other things. Um, mm -hmm. I'll sometimes, I'll, I'll never make a smoothie without peanut butter in it. Uh, it's just, I, I can't, I couldn't survive without peanut butter. Oh man. Are you doing like, what, do you have a special brand or are you just any? I Costco sells a really, really good natural peanut butter. It's an organic peanut butter. Um, that it's one of those ones where the oils separate. You have to make sure you mix it in. Trader Joe's also has some really good options for peanut butter. You kind of just have to figure baby. out. I know you just got to figure Dollar out what, 99. what path do you want? Uh, but it's, I really like the organic all natural peanut butters that don't have the the emulsifiers in there so you have to actually mix it, mix it yourself but absolutely no for me to any of the the jiff or skippy or anything like that i can't do this too uh, too much sugar in there glad glad to hear it sean work 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 that's what we do here at the podcast you know we're not going to even get our food and not work this is this is what we do every single day all right let me quickly bring you listeners through the power pantry because as Sean knows, he knows me. He worked with me for 
how long? Three, three years, almost, it almost was four, four years. years. It was almost four years. four years. But one of those years we were remote, unfortunately. But remember, we, I mean, we worked a lot together in college too. So we've known each other quite a while. And you know what I do when I, so one thing about Johnny P here uh, is I, I am one of those people where I can eat the same thing every single day. And as Sean has said and pointed out, it's kind of like a superpower. And so when I set something in place, I literally eat it every single day. So I'm going to walk you through three things that are like my weekly staples. And I'll tell you, we never don't have these things currently. Now it changes. It does, it does kind of ebb and flow, thankfully. Um, but they're always in some form in the power household. And I love it because, for instance, one of my key staples, avocado. Kids, Such a good one. Kids love avocado. My, my, my children, they're, they're loving avocado. They have avo- avocado toast. They have avocado oh, on their sandwiches. What hipsters. I love uh, it. Dude, oh, we're, we're training up the new generation of hipsters, I guess. Uh, and yeah, go out to Target. 85 cents an avocado. If you're not, if you don't know, now you know. Um, I love having, I have at least half an avocado a day mm. as a part of my diet in some form. Um, red onion, additionally, yes. And these are things that you will hear and pick up from people like, Aubrey Marcus, he's going to recommend these. I, I forget what food group they are, but I love them. My palate is, is ready to rumble with the, with the red onion, the garlic, the avocado. But I definitely have as sort of one of mine around the lunchtime-ish is avocado, red onion. Uh, when it comes to breakfast, a lot of times, I'm with you, Sean. Um, I do love my old oatmeal, but mm-hmm. a staple that I've been digging into, it's always in our pantry right now, is dates and nuts. Mm. I have been, I'll, I'll just switch it up. Like some days, going some nuts day, about dates. What? Just going nuts about dates. <laughs> oh, you better believe it, baby. <laughs> I know it wasn't, you know, I wasn't even planning it, but it's, it's kind of a little bit funny. I, I'm not even a dad yet. And I make a dad jokes. This isn't good. This isn't good. <laughs> yeah, man, you're, you're too nutty tonight. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> So my nut selection changes. I always have like almond, walnuts, um, or no, my big three right now are cashews, almonds, and um, yeah, the walnut. I no, it's not the. What's the other nut that's? Uh, pecan. Pecan. No, it is the walnut. I I okay. do love pecans. They're they're like sweeter, but it's the walnut. So those mm-hmm. are my three. And then dates. You can get may mayhul. You can get a pound of medhu dates i don't know if that's how you pronounce it uh and that's a new one for 2022 i actually shout out to my buddy ramon i didn't eat dates ever but i i did some research and it's a really great way to get some calories obviously i mean they're like this big you can get a decent amount of calories and the and the pro is from a fitness and standpoint it's sugar it's a great source of mm-hmm. low glycemic index sugar. So if you're not familiar, Sean, you probably know, but yep. low glycemic sugars don't spike your blood pressure like processed sugars blood, do. Blood sugar, blood sugar. Oh, what did I say? Blood pressure. Oh, sorry. <laughs> blood sugar. Yep. Excuse me. I got Sean here to keep me honest. Thank you, Sean. Um, so th- you see it a lot, low glycemic index. It's kind of like a buzzword, but- Dates are a natural way of getting good sugars without spiking your blood sugar. 
And that's super important in our, in our world where everything is doing that constantly, whether it's your coffee, whether you're creamer, you're plugging it with sugar. So just something to think about, little tip. Um, and then this is my big bang, Sean, to finish off the week. I've been, oh, oh I, you need to come out here and I'm going to cook you a breakfast. You will, the power breakfast is, I mean, I'm calling it the power combo because Ooh. it's shallots, garlic, right? Sauteed in my pan. Okay, okay. And I just get it going. I mean, just listen to it. It's, it's sizzling, it's cracking. I got I can a hear little it. bit of salt right I can on smell top. It. And then I throw a little olive oil on the bottom. Start with olive oil. You got it. Mm-hmm. And then you just keep drizzling. I'm like an olive oil fanatic. <laughs> All right. So this, <laughs> like we go through a bottle of olive oil every other week. I mean, it's fatty acids, man. Get mm-hmm. good fatty acids. I'm going to keep preaching it. But, but then, then I throw in the kale on top. And I've kind of talked about this dish before, but this is, I, I just, I love it. Mushroom after that. So after that, it's all of these beautiful ingredients, just, just, they're filling the space, mm-hmm. smelling great. And then I do uh, cauliflower rice on top. And this is a pretty, I mean, this is a weekend meal. This is like, I went out and I got it. Yeah, this sounds, sounds really good. I, I, I put in my work in the morning and I come home and I feast. I said, this is it. This is making me so happy right now. <laughs> uh, so, so after I get the, the kale, everything is sauteed nicely, right? It's all, and then you throw the cauliflower rice on top, more olive oil, salt, pepper on top. This is the key. Salt, fat, acid, and heat. You mm-hmm. got to do the white wine vinegar over the top Ooh. of the cauliflower. It breaks down. The, the sort of underneath, it starts to break down all the, all the good, good that's been mm-hmm. sort of happening on the pan. And it just, oof, it smells great. Eggs on t- after this, I push it to the side off the heat, two eggs, two eggs in on the heat. So you half the pan mm-hmm. off still, still like it's all pushing the corner. It's doing its thing. You got the cauliflower and, but it's insulating, right? The cauliflower is yep. kind of insulating at this point. So it doesn't, it won't get overdone. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Then you do your eggs. After that, garlic on top of the eggs. Well, again, I told you I'm a garlic fanatic, so I do like oh, a couple different, <laughs> couple different splashes. A um, little bit of salt and pepper on top of the eggs. Uh, what I do again, I add it. I actually add in avocado on the weekends if I'm doing this as a weekend deal. So I do like avocado on top. Um, I've been doing black garlic from Trader mm. Joe's. Mm-hmm. Dude, add it to your staple list. Okay. I actually it's, saw it for the first time a couple of weeks ago in Trader Joe's and I wondered what it was. So now I got to go look into it. You got to, you got to get it. It earthy. Like if you want some really earthy developed food, like great for veggies, great for anyway, this is outside of the power combo. That's it, man. After that, I just, I just eat, I feast. Mm. And it is unbelievable how the thing is, and if you'll notice about that entire meal, there's no carbs. It's, it's actually natural carbs mm-hmm. and fats. Yeah. So you get it from the shallots, the mushrooms, the kale, the olive and the oil. cauliflower and, and yeah. And the olive oil. And I mean, I am like in my happy place. Mm. I'm just living in, Oh, anyway, that is uh, that's the power combo. That's my staple. My third, crazy staple 
I have to admit, it sounds fantastic, and I very look forward to either coming out there and and eating that or trying to emulate it on my own because now it makes me really want to go hop in the kitchen even though it's late at night here just to try and see if i can make that myself dude i'm telling you the game changer is actually salting throughout so keeping the Mm -hmm. salt levels coming throughout and uh and the and the splash of white wine vinegar yeah oh it was it was the development i like i and there's there's a sweetness to the shallots as mm-hmm. well that I, I never realized and never knew uh, prior to starting to work with these ingredients. But I listened to um, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential and he's just like, so he's like, if you don't know how to it, like break down shallots and garlic, you don't, you don't know, you don't deserve to use them. And like, <laughs> he's like so intense. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever used shallot. I need to, I need to listen to this man. I need to go learn. Anyway, well, we have things we need to do, Sean. I'm going to tell you, we have Baruka nuts to try. We need to get sushi and you need to get out here so I can cook you this meal. Definitely. (sighs) It's getting late here, my man, but it has been a pleasure. I think uh, hopefully if the listeners have hung on this long. (laughs) Shout out to all the listeners who are still there with us. We really appreciate you. You missed, you missed only the best pantry staples of the year of 2022. But other than that, Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing tonight. Uh, as always, taking the time. We are making moves to the top of the podcast game. And we appreciate all the, the, the listenership out there, the feedback that you guys give. And we hope that you uh, tune into the next one that you enjoyed tonight. And Sean, do you have anything to say? No, I just want to thank everybody out there for hanging in with us and just kind of listening to John and I just hang out. It's been a lot of fun. That's right, baby. Goodbye.